Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we are in the third week of a five-week sermon series going through this book of Jonah. Uh, a well-known story in the Bible, or at least uh, we think it's well-known, but you know, what parts of the story do we know and how does this relate to us? That's why we're spending five weeks in this story. The very first week, uh, two weeks ago, I, d- I did an overview, uh, kind of a historical context of the book, and then last week and, and from here on out, we're just taking it chapter by chapter. So last week we focused on chapter one, the book of Jonah, therefore today we're focusing on chapter two. Uh, over the last month or so, I've been collecting artwork uh, from people of, of the congregation of various ages and stages of life uh, and uh, to help tell this story as the way you see it. Uh, and so what we're going to do now is watch a quick slideshow of the narration of chapter 2 with artwork from people of the congregation. Here it goes. Chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about even to the soul, the depth closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. If you want to see these as they're put together, uh, we do have them archived up on our website at copperluth.org Jonah. I know there are a lot of ones that went uh, kind of quickly in there, so if you have kids that drew artwork and they want to see it again, uh, you can find that all uh, on our website. Imagine with me, you can't see anything in front of you. Nothing. You can't see your hand in front of your face. It's, it's pitch black. And as we do in the dark, you you grope around in the dark trying to to find your way. And as you reach your hands out, it bumps into something that's slimy, wet. It's dark, it's slimy, it's wet. The smell is, is, is almost inexplicable how horrible it stinks here. You're trying to figure out and process where you are, so you... You at least pinch yourself and, yeah, you're alive. You can, you can feel it. Somehow, miraculously, you're alive. Just, just a moment ago, you were sentenced to death. Thrown over the railing of a ship in the middle of the ocean 
during a horrendous storm. You were plunging to your death. Down, down into the water you went, and your life flashed before your eyes. And as your life was flashing before your eyes, you recalled those memories that your family had spent upon the water. As you, as you were drowning in the water, you remember those family vacations on the beach with the smell of salt water in the air. You, you recall as you're sinking deeper and deeper into the water your fishing trips with your grandfather on the Sea of Galilee, thinking of fish. Hmm. As you're sinking deeper and deeper into the water, your life is flashing before your eyes, and you were positive you were about to die, but now you're alive, and where are you? In the belly of, of a great big fish. <laughs> what a miracle! And what a creative miracle. Oh, who could think of such a thing, right? Only, only the God of all creation, whose creation hears his call and responds accordingly. Even a, even a fish hears the call of God and does what he commands. Only God could think up a miracle like this, and God has indeed sent this great big fish into your life to swallow you up and preserve you. What a remarkable and gracious gift. <laughs> Jonah right? This story of Jonah. Jonah has been delivered at this beginning of chapter 2. He has been delivered from a drowning death, and therefore he cries out in song. He cries out in praise. He cries out in thanksgiving, and this is what chapter 2 of Jonah is all about. Chapter 2 is a song of thanksgiving, it is a song of thanksgiving here in chapter 2, a song thanking God for saving his life. Now, in order to sing this song, to put this thing together, Jonah actually is echoing songs and hymns. As a matter of fact, he's echoing the Psalms, okay? Jonah would have known the book of Psalms very, very well. It was, in a sense, the hymn book of the people, and so Jonah, as he is in the midst of this difficult situation, as he is in the midst of giving thanks in the belly of this great big fish, he echoes the book of Psalms. Are there any favorite songs that you have? Uh, maybe that we sing at church, whether it's at, at this service or, or great hymns of faith, if you, if you come to the late or some of those we sing here. Any that you know by heart that you can sing at the top of your lungs, that you, you know the melody, you know, you know a couple of lines from the song, and, and when you sing them, it, it connects you to God in a, in a deeper sort of way than just your own thoughts. You know, maybe you don't know all the words, but you know some key phrases. That would have been what the relationship Jonah had with the Psalms would have been like. And so now as he's in this situation, he is echoing the book of Psalms. There are 19 in, this, in these verses, 19 word-for-word -word copies of phrases from the book of Psalms. So he is crying out this book of Psalms as he is in the belly of this great fish. It's as if he's stringing together phrases from his favorite hymns of faith. Yeah. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And in the belly of the great fish, you can't remember the next line, so you go to 
beautiful Savior, you know? So you string it all together, and that's essentially what Jonah's great prayer here is in the midst of this fish. It's a prayer of thanksgiving. You know, it's a prayer that as we read through it, any one of you or I could read this and we say, wow, what a a great song of thanks, what a great song of praise. I would love to echo Jonah's words in my own life as I give God thanks for what he has done in my life. What a song of faith. But if you look at it in context, maybe you say, well, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. Wasn't this the guy who just turned his back on God? (laughs) How can he come right back now and sing God's praises when things are supposedly going well for him, when just a minute ago he was running away from God? How can we allow this man who has abandoned God when he didn't like the way things were going to sing songs of praises now? A true believer would believe and trust at all times, right? Ironically, God's grace comes to Jonah when he is least deserving of grace, right? That's how grace works. When we are undeserving of God's love and forgiveness, when we are undeserving of God's salvation, that's when he delivers it. It's a great irony, this grace thing. Jonah is totally, totally undeserving of God's grace. Jonah really should be punished. He really should be dying. And he knows it even. He knows it. He has ignored God's call. He has gone far down and away from where God has called him. He has run away from God himself. When Jonah was thrown overboard, you can imagine that he knew what was about to happen. He knew that this was his punishment, and he knew he deserved it. He was going to suffer and die for his rebellion. And yet Jonah chapter 2 is about the fact that God did not allow any of this to happen. God spared his life. God spared his life by delivering this fish to swallow him up, and Jonah knows that it's a miracle. Of course he's going to sing out songs of thanks and praise because of this. Jonah sings this great song of praise, right? This psalm, too, is a great song of thanksgiving, but in reality, Jonah is in a difficult situation. He doesn't know what's about to come. He doesn't know that things are going to continue to happen in his life. He doesn't know, right? He is in a difficult situation, and honestly, it's a situation that Jonah has created for himself. He put himself in this difficult situation, right? He could have avoided this whole thing if he had just not tried to avoid God. If he had gone where God sent him in the first place, he would not be in the situation. He created this desperate situation for himself. Have you ever found yourself, and I shouldn't say found yourself, have you ever put yourself in a situation like Jonah? Put yourself in a situation, have you ever put yourself in a situation where where you're helpless? where you know that you are the one who screwed up, where you know that you are the one who has caused a serious issue. And maybe it's gotten so bad that you've tried to run from your mistake. You try to cover it up. You try to massage it or tweak it a little bit. You, you, try, you try to not handle that situation. Maybe you've even lied about it because you don't want to complicate the matter. And oftentimes at moments like that where we know we've messed up and we've done everything that we can to try to not let it be ours, at those moments oftentimes we can feel like giving up. 
I think that's almost how Jonah felt up on the, up on the, the deck of that ship. At those moments, we feel like giving up because we know that the only way out of this mistake is to take the brunt of the effects of our sin. But we don't really want to do that, do we? Because it, we, we know that it might ruin our reputation. It, it might cost us our job. It, it, might, it might even ruin a, a dear relationship that we have. And the sad reality is that oftentimes when people don't own up to their mistakes and they try to mask it and cover it up, that people end up in hopeless and helpless situations. Some people get to this point in life and they try to numb the effects of their sin and their problems by turning to substances to numb the pain. But even in more drastic situations, people will oftentimes even turn from their hopelessness and turn and take their own lives, too. We know that suicide rates are on the rise. We know people who have been affected by such tragedies. People get burned out and hopeless all of the time. Now, for anyone who is at a point of hopelessness, if this is you and your situation in life right now, listen carefully. If you are at a place of hopelessness, Jonah is a story that can give you hope. And here's why. Jonah could not escape God's grace. He couldn't escape God's grace. He did nothing to deserve God sparing him, and yet God spared him. He did not deserve deliverance. He did not deserve God to deliver him, and yet God did. God was relentless in his pursuit of this sinful prophet to rescue and redeem him. Jonah could not escape God even through something like death. Do you see this? God pursued Jonah even to the brink of death to rescue and redeem him. Even for a sinner like Jonah, death could not separate him from the love of God. God had other plans for him, plans for him to live, plans for him to prosper, plans for him to do great and wonderful things, plans to bring this good news of salvation to the ends of the earth. God would stop at nothing for him. And I tell you today, for every single one of you, God is just as interested in you. God is relentless in his pursuit to deliver you from the snares of your situation and bring you to new life in Christ. One of the greatest things that we Christians, I think, appreciate about Christianity is knowing this fact that God is always with us. Isn't that good news? As Christian people, we love this fact that God is with us in our struggles, in our difficulties, in our problems. We talk about this all of the time. We love this truth. But the story of Jonah forces us to say, but what if I caused the difficult situation? What if my difficult situation in life is not merely the result of just some effects of the world, what if it's not just a series of, uh, of, of, of events unfolding? What if I am the one solely responsible for creating this horrible situation? What about then? Is God truly still with me then? Still loving me then? Still choosing me then? Still calling me to be a witness 
to, to be a demonstration, uh, to be a bringer of God's word to this world? Is God still using me even when it's totally my fault? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, wholly, adamantly, I say and declare to you, yes, God is with you in those moments. It's at the times of our deepest desperation, I believe, that we are most apt to see what God has been doing in our lives all along. Let me say that again. It's at our times of deepest desperation that we are most apt to see what God has been doing in our lives all along. And what's he been doing in our lives all along? Pursuing us, giving us new life, forgiving us, restoring us, rescuing us. When we are weak, he is strong. When we are hopeless, he is our anchor of hope. When we are broken, he is complete. When we are selfish, he is selfless. When we give up hope, he comes to rescue and redeem us. So I ask again, where is God in the difficult times of life? We say he is right with us. And, and even if we cause the difficult situation, yes, absolutely. You know, Jonah had lost hope and he wanted to give up. And, and they had thrown him overboard. But when his life is spared, he is incredibly grateful. But how should we view this prophet? You know, as people who read this story, how should we view this prophet? Who in chapter 1 was called by God to do an extraordinary thing, and he turned his back on God and ran away. How should we view this prophet who here in chapter 2 shouts out this great song of faith and praise, but we're going to find out in chapter 3 he doesn't really live up to it. How should we view this prophet? Is he, is he righteous or is he, is he a sinner? And this, this song here, this song, what are the very last words of the song? of his psalm, it's these words, salvation belongs to the Lord, right? Salvation belongs to the Lord, he cries out. This rebellious prophet cries out, salvation belongs to the Lord. Can we trust that Jonah actually believes these words? I mean, these words are the essence of the whole story, that salvation comes from God. But when Jonah speaks them, you know, if you look at it in context, they almost, it almost has a nauseous effect to it, Right? You, you know when a hypocrite uh, doesn't claim their hypocrisy and just continues to spout off hypocritical truths? That's what the sense we get with Jonah, right? This hypocritical guy who says, salvation belongs to the Lord. It has a nauseous effect. Even for the great fish, right? Because what does the fish do when he hears Jonah say these words? He throws up, right? He throws up. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the fish says, oh, Jonah, right? He spits him out onto dry land. It's as if, and there is built-in irony here, it's as if the fish just can't handle it anymore. <laughs> this is the point of the story. It is possible, even for the hypocrite, even for the sinner, even for the desperate and destitute, even for the lost, even those, for those who think they have outrun God's love. The story of Jonah is to prove that God's grace is exactly for those kind of people, for you and for me. Because salvation doesn't belong to us. We do not create salvation. Who does it belong to? God. But what does he do with it? He graciously gifts it to us. Thanks be to God. Jonah is just like all believers. He is saint and he is sinner at the same time. Sometimes his faith is weak or not evident at all. And sometimes it shines brightly. Jonah, just like every believer, just like you and just like me, is nothing but inconsistent in his faith. Yet, God remains the one who is steadfast in it all. So chapter 2 ends up with a throwing up fish. 
Jonah is vomited onto the dry land. And the fish, in great irony, is able to say goodbye. (laughs) And the fish is actually delivered from Jonah. (laughs) The fish goes this way, Jonah goes to dry land. But what happens next? Where is he going to go? What will his attitude be like? What will his faith demonstrate? Well, that's what chapter 3 is all about. Read it in advance. We'll see you next week. Go in God's great grace. In his name, amen.